Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to a very, very special live episode of Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. This is our Christmas special. Pascal, hello. Hello. Yes, we are live for a 2022 review of the best news, tech content and wisdom and film marketing of the year. And to get the show on the road, I am going to fire up the intro sequence. As I say, this is the Christmas episode of Two Geeks in a Marketing Podcast. And as always, we're here to keep you up to date with the latest news, tech, content, and wisdom from the world of marketing. And my co-host is a man on a mission. He's been on this mission for a very long time to demystify digital marketing. He's the host of the Content Marketing Studio video podcast. Please welcome all the way from France, Monsieur Pascal Fintoni. Well, thank you very much. You've just heard from Roger Edwards, co-host extraordinaire, the author of Cat's Master Marketing Plans and the voice of the Marketing Finance Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Wow. So, Pascal, this is obviously a live episode. Normally, we record in advance, so this is a little bit uh, different for all of us today, those watching and us presenting. What are we going to do today to celebrate 2022? So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all our segment in the news, the content spotlight, the marketing tech and apps, the content creators shout out, this week in history, film marketing. And what we've done separately, we've chosen our top three content items, whether it's a news item, whether it's a tech, whether it's a film marketing we've reviewed, and we're going to present to each other our top three, and then we're going to have to decide who is the winner of this year's kind of best news item, best tech, and so on. And it has been very, very difficult just to get to the top three, just to get to the nominees uh, for the awards of the Two Gifts Martin podcast best content has been very, very hard. But the, the vote will be easier because essentially, Roger, you'll decide who's the winner for my top three. However, if you are watching us live and listening live as well, you can overrule our decision. This is our, <laughs> Christmas, this is our Christmas gift to you. You can, of course, overrule and decide who will be or should be as a content or an individual the winner of this year's. Because we've been now producing two gigs and marketing podcasts for three years. They started as a simple idea to keep everyone's spirits during the lockdown that was lifted only in March of this year, Roger. Let's remind ourselves what a crazy year this has been. And what we do with the podcast is try to be a source of inspiration, try to actually uh, describe and support people who are marketers full-time or entrepreneurs who are also spending time on their marketings. And, and I think it's all about this discussion about what it means to be a content creator and a marketer in today's economy. Absolutely right. So, Pascal, I, I like the way that you've described the format. So, we're effectively going to run through our top three items under each section of the show, and then we'll give it a vote. But as Pascal says, you can override uh, <laughs> our decision. Now, if you leave a comment, now this is being broadcast live 
across LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. And I say that with my fingers crossed. So if you do leave a comment, it should actually pop up here on the screen and we'll be able to share your comments. So if you do disagree with anything that Pascal and I uh, rank and vote for of the items for 2022, you can override us live on air. But I think, Pascal, we always start the show within the news, and that's where we're going to go now. So, Pascal, you best hit me with your top three news items for 2022. Okay, so we'll begin with Reddit, who launched its first ever US TV campaign coined Find Your People. It is all about showcasing Reddit as a space for everyone to connect with real people with similar interests, according to Reddit CMO Roxy Young. Number two, Kia. Rebrand has left many wondering who KN is. The scrunched-up font led to over 3,000, not 30,000 web searches for KN Car from people trying to figure out whether they missed out on a brand-new car company. Number three, adverts from pizza brand Papa John's and six cryptocurrency platforms have been banned by the Advertising Standard Authority for taking advantage of consumers' inexperience in digital currency. I also have an horrible mention, if you don't mind, uh, Roger. <laughs> so these are my top three, but someone that could have made the top three is Cuthbert the Caterpillar, something that we mentioned <laughs> for at least two years of uh, the three years of being live on Two Geeks and Martin podcast, the cake which saw Oldie enter a legal battle with M&S over lookalike Colin. Now they are friends and you can buy Cuthbert the Caterpillar and Colin the Caterpillar in those respective stores all as well. That, that that's so funny. The cuth, cuth, but the caterpillar and Colin the caterpillar. Gosh, that's a bit of a tongue tie twister, isn't it? Trying to say those, um, but uh, in, interesting stories. I I'm drawn, of course, to the pizza brand Papa John's story because. Well, let's face it, we've heard a lot about cryptocurrency over the last few years, haven't we? With a lot of people sort of saying this will replace proper, you know, uh, normal fiduciary currency, and yet the way the world has been this year has been quite a tough time for people who have invested in digital currency. No, absolutely. So number one was chosen because of this idea of Reddit making a clear claim and statement about their contribution to you know social networking. And you know, I've, I've discussed through in the news this thing about copying each other. You know, we've we've always said, you know, here we go, a TikTok, you know, kind of clone on Instagram, a Clubhouse clone on Facebook, whatever. And I think what I liked about Reddit, they, they just made a very clear message saying, this is what we stand for, this is who should connect with us, and this is how you can make good use of the platform. KN was around this marketing blunder. I was absolutely amazed. And by the way, uh, the reason I also chose it probably because I was watching the World Cup and KN was all over the, 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 the football pitches for the last few days as, as I was shouting at the TV because of France's poor-ish performance. But this idea of sh they didn't even make a, a, a test. No, they didn't have like a, a survey of sort to actually understand that the way the calligraphy had been uh, executed was confusing. However, it's like a story of two halves because what they did do which I think is brilliant. They actually went ahead and created KN landing pages, redirecting people with a bit of humor, with a bit of tongue in cheek um, to, the, to the right platform. And then the final one is just that, which is the language of online marketing, particularly in the world of digital, and how 
um, you know, how much more we should be doing, all of us, including you know, regulators, to to protect you know individuals. So these are my top three. Do you have a preference? Do you have a winner for 2022? Well, am I allowed to select the Caterpillar one, even though that was your honourable mention as opposed to the – I should probably pick pick one from the top three, Pascal, but I have to say Cuthbert the Caterpillar just makes me smile. Um, I think it's got to be Kia's rebrand, actually, you know. All right. Almost like snatching victory from the jaws of defeat or, or snatching Ooh. defeat from the jaws of victory, whichever way around you want to look at it. Superb. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very happy with the selection. So what about your top three news items of the year? Okay, here we go. My first news item is, according to a study of a 1,000 people in the UK conducted this month, 58% have no idea what the metaverse is, and 96% of people aged 25 to 54 saying they don't plan to spend their cash in the virtual universe. Second, the New York Times has bought word game Wordle for an undisclosed seven-figure sum. The simple game, which releases one word a day, was created by software engineer Josh Wardle, who described its success as a little overwhelming. And Heinz has taken out a full-page print ad in The Guardian, apologising to the British public and Heinz, Hans, Heinz founder, Henry Heinz, for taking 150 years to develop a range of pasta sauces. And they say, because nothing so ridiculously good has become so ridiculously late. And I have an honourable mention as well, of course, Pascal. Oh. On April Fool's Day, Marmite opened an eBay account called the Pre-Hated Marmite Store. For £1, you can buy jars that had just been opened, tried, <laughs> tested, and discarded in disgust. <laughs> oh, bravo. This is so good. This is so good. Metaverse, metaverse. There's been a lot of BS talked about the metaverse this year. And I selected this particular news item because... Basically, the bottom line is, whether it's metaverse that you're selling, whether it's cupcakes that you're selling, whether it's cars that you're selling, or whether it's marketing consultancy you're selling, you've got to work on solving a customer need first, you know, and then build a product around solving that need that the customer has. And then you price it, you put it out there, and you use marketing communications tactics to promote that service. And I just feel that this whole metaverse thing is a solution that is looking for a problem. And everybody's piling in to build the metaverse. And, you know, there are all sorts of different people have different views on what the metaverse is. But nobody's actually sat down and said, what customer need are we meeting here? And that's why I think it just comes across as a great big tech mess, because they aren't actually focusing on solving a particular problem and therefore it just looks like a lot of noise can i just say that uh, this is a very restrained performance on your part about the metaverse <laughs> for our regular viewers and listeners it is has been delightful to see roger commenting and reacting to this whole business of the um of, of the metaverse but i think you're right uh, i think i remember clearly my comment was you know the metaverse needs a better pr agent uh, interestingly, uh, recently, Facebook has released a um, mini website or micro site, you could say, trying to explain how to take advantage of the metaverse uh, 
uh, if you're a business, I'd be spending maybe a bit of time over the holidays to look at it. Um, but historically, those platforms have always been particularly poor at explaining how to make use of that, their own tools uh, and features. What I will say is that the history is also about consumers saying, I will never do this, and then eventually they do it. You know, that people say, I will never buy a, a via mobile phone, I will never book uh, a flight myself because it's too complicated, So, and, and it goes on forever. So I think there will be... Um, time spent on, uh, on the meta in the metaverse, there will be transactions, but it's probably going to be uh, not nowhere near as uh, dramatic as people are making it sound. Okay, Pascal, you tell me what is your favourite of my top three news items for this year. Well, to begin with, I've got to agree with uh, the comment that we've just had on um, on LinkedIn from Setul uh, Meta. You know, the, these are two honourable mentions. So yes, very tempted. I, I think Marmite, um, you know, they, they do their marketing really, really well. My selection and the, my, for me, the winner of your top three has to be Heinz. Um, because I think <laughs> this was a truly inspired, this is how you do advertising. This is how you have complicity with the audience. This is where you can do it with a nod and a wink. And this is also where you work on your storytelling. So now for me, it has to be Heinz and being Holland 50 years late in creating pasta sauces. <laughs> I'll also give Settle Meta a shout out. Uh, Settle is a, uh, a good friend from the financial services industry. I was um, drinking um, wine with him at the Protection Review Conference a couple of weeks ago. So thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us, Settle, there. I think, Pascal, we need to move on to the next section of the show, which is the um, content spotlights. And of course, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. Each week, Pascal and I pick a, a piece of content. It could be a video, it could be an article, it could be a video. And we they basically tear it apart, don't we? So, Pascal, what are your top three content spotlights for 2022? Can I just say this was probably the hardest segment <laughs> ever? This is what's like asking me to choose my favorite channel. We will have one, but we never tell anybody. But, you know, so my <laughs> top three, my top three of 2022, uh, number one, uh, an article written by John McCarthy for The Drum, the world's best adverts of all time, top 100 TV adverts and video commercials. And what John McCarthy had done is literally created this almighty resource where all the adverts uh, from number one to 100 had been listed. Their videos had been embedded and so on. So it was like an incredible marketer's kind of um, treasure trove. And then you and I went through the, the, the top 10, which didn't include the Guinness adverts, of course. Number two, perhaps surprisingly, but I've got such fond memory of the work done by um, you know, Brian Dunbar, who is the internet services manager for NASA. And this was <laughs> all to do with um, Artemis, why we are going to the moon. And it was this kind of informational website that was literally like the ultimate example of what marketing is about. Simply answering questions, informing people, they even shared, you know, the, the logo kind of constructions and why they, they made those decisions and so on. And what I loved about the website was its simplicity 
for all, space travel is very, very complex. And the way that we're answering the question in the order in which you and I have been suggesting, you know, people should be doing things. So that was a wonderful experience. And then the third one was a book written by Bruce Deasley, The Joy of Work, 30 Ways to Fix Your Work Culture and Fall in Love with Your Job Again. And it was looking at uh, ways to recharge, there were 12 tips there, where to sink in and get your team to perform better, and ways to create uh, energy and buzz within your kind of uh, team as well, looking at creativity, productivity, and fulfillment, and essentially a bo book that was written before um, the, the pandemic and, and all that, but this idea of be very, very careful, you know, be kind to yourself, you know, to essentially you don't have to be a martyr at work or, you know, in a marketing function to perform better. And self-care as well as performance are clearly linked together. So we have a... Um, quite a you know a meaty website the top 100 tv adverts you've got this incredible um, marketing example from artemis and nasa and then you've got a book do you have a preference roger <clears throat> this is very difficult you found it difficult to come up with the top three i'm finding it difficult to choose one i mean the artemis story is incredible isn't it and you know i've always been a bit of a sci-fi geek and seeing something like this actually happening in reality oh, yeah. is just incredible but i think i'm gonna have to come down on the side of the top 100 tv ads because okay. let, let's face it sometimes adverts can be really annoying can't they and especially if they pop up and interrupt you from doing something but there's also some masterpieces that have been created over the years you know from the combination of storytelling to the combination of visuals and this article linking to all of those adverts just makes you realize how much creativity goes into some of the most famous ads so that's why i decided to choose that as your top Thank you. You're making my life three. so much easier because <laughs> I, I just could not make up my mind. And there's so many as well that could have made the top three. But um, yes, but you're right. It, wasn't it something? It's almost like exceptional to have been able to witness live and to have it through YouTube and so on, the launch of Artemis and so on. It's just been incredible. What about your top three content spotlights of 2022? Okay. So the first one um, was. A little bit of a strange one at the time, and it was about, uh, it was related to the TV series, the Netflix TV series, Stranger Things. And what happened in Stranger Things is they used a Kate Bush song from 1985 in the show. And of course, because so many people watch Stranger Things, it's, it's probably the most um, high rate, highest rated Netflix series. This song came back into the charts. Um, straight into the number one spot. So effectively, Kate Bush, all of a sudden, not only did she re-achieve re all this chart success, but she started breaking a few records because her last number one with, for a song called Wuthering Heights was back in 1978. So she now has the record of having the longest gap between number one singles at 42 years, which I just thought was absolutely incredible. We haven't really got time to go into the other records that she's broken here. And I actually just wanted to, as a side to, to um, tell you about a, a, another separate little 
record that's been broken in a similar vein. So this is just a sort of bonus. But uh, you know recently that we had the um, the last episode of Jodie Whittaker playing Doctor Who, and she regenerated at the end of that. It was called The Power of the Doctor. There was a cameo appearance in that episode by an actor called William Russell. And William Russell was actually the very first Doctor Who companion with William Hartnell back in 1963. And by appearing in that show in 2022, he now has the world record for the <laughs> longest gap between of a, between appearances by the same character in a TV series because he hasn't been in the show since 1964. So 57 years between the, his appearance playing the same character. I just thought that, that that's fantastic and needed a quick shout out. My second one is written by one of my favorite marketing authors, a guy called Mark Ritson. He writes in Marketing Week, and he wrote an article about, do you have a strategy worthy of a brief? And to cut a long story short, a lot of companies put briefs out to creative agencies, and then they get very disappointed when the creative agency don't actually create something that they like. And, and I've been there myself in my, in, a, in my younger days, Pascal. I've briefed an agency and been bitterly disappointed at what they've come back with. But actually, a lot of the time, it's not the agency that's at fault. It's the fact that you haven't briefed them properly. And they just go away and make something out of a bad brief. And Mark's article just really puts that back into perspective and says, no, if you're briefing an agency, you've got to be very clear about what you're targeting. You've got to be very clear about your marketing positioning. And we haven't really got time to go into what positioning is, but it's basically you've got to articulate your offer and who it's for and what, what it's all about. And then you've got to have goals. Now, if you have those three things, if you have targeting, if you have positioning and you have your goals, the agency should be able to create good creatives that actually work because you've given them the target market, you've given them the offer you're trying to promote, and you've given them the goal that you want them to respond to. But so many companies don't have those three things in their um, briefs, and that's why a lot of creatives fail. And the third one is similar in a, in a respect. I rediscovered this this year. It's a sort of storytelling technique or, or, or a, a marketing um, messaging technique called Munro's Motivated Sequence. And you can really apply this to any form of advertising or even a presentation that you might be giving at a conference. And there are five parts to Munro's Motivated Sequence. You've got to grab people's attention, You've got to establish the need or the problem that you're trying to solve. You've then got to give them the satisfaction of solving that problem, and that problem could have been solved by your product or your service or your idea. Then you've got to give them a visualization as to what their life will be like having had that problem solved. And then finally, there's a call to action, which could be buy our product or buy our book or come and see us. And it's so simple. And so many adverts and so many speeches can be built around Munro's motivated sequence. Uh, and it's just one of those things that you forget about. So I, I had this moment of joy this, this year when we did that particular episode of Two Geeks, when I rediscovered Munro's motivated sequence. So out of all of those three, Pascal, which would you suggest should be my top one? Okay. Do you know, I remember vividly a conversation about the Monroe's motivated sequence. I think we just got fired up about it. And for me, it was <laughs> to be reminded of, of something that I'd forgotten about. And I remember vividly as well how much we enjoyed talking about the Stranger Things and Kate Bushlink and almost becoming this content marketing kind of case study of sort. But for me, 
what you've chosen, which is the one by Mark Ritson about do you have a strategy worthy <laughs> of a brief, is probably the winner for this year because it is actually capturing what the show is all about, you know, helping people think through the strategic side of marketing, then implement uh, the, the different tactics. But also, actually, I want to recognize that Mark Ritson has been also uh, one of the many voices of reason and calm in a world that is going a bit faster. Where the language, as we mentioned, you know, by the metaverse and cryptocurrencies and, you know, its close cousin and FTs and so on, where it's all becoming a, a little odd and there's an attack on our profession. And I think Mark Ritchie has done a very good job to kind of keep the, the course steady and saying, you know, these are what you need to be doing. So I'm going to go for a, a number two then. Do you have a strategy worthy of a brief? These three questions will tell you by Mark Ritson. Yeah, now I'm not going to go off on one about strategy, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't do marketing tactics purely on their own. You've got to have the strategy, and, and I think that article absolutely sums it up. Now, Pascal, we talk about technology a lot on this show, don't we? Uh, we get so sort of excited about <laughs> new pieces of equipment, new cameras, new uh, pieces of software, new apps for mobile phones or, or tablets. Um, so I think that the next section of the show is going to be really interesting when we look back at the marketing tech and apps for 2022. Well, as you know, I can't wait for this, Pascal. You tell me what are your top three marketing tech and apps spots for the last year? Okay, that was a fraction easier than Content Spotlight, but not, not much at all. I'll start with a Zoom application solution plugin called Zoom Wheelo, W-E-L-O. And what this is, it is designed to transform your experience of using Zoom breakout rooms, which are essentially just mini versions of a Zoom call. And what they've done superbly is created a 3D representation of physical spaces. And I mean, like any sort of physical spaces, it could be a town square, it could be a, you know, one with a garden, it could be a classroom, it could be a conference room, it could be a bistro and so on. And then what you do with um, Zoom Wheelow is you organize your breakout rooms into zones that not only do they have a name, as breakout rooms, but they also have a look that people can identify to. So you could say, right, I want uh, you know you, Roger, Pascal, and Johnny to go into you know the the bistro to discuss this strategy element of marketing, and I want you know the others to go into the classroom, or I want you to go into the town square to listen to the keynote presentation, and. This element of 3D rendition is bringing just a smile to someone's face, creating more engagement and so on. And for me, it's been a big, big add to my own effort as an online trainer and, and speaker. The next one is a tiny wow, tinywow.com, which is essentially this ultimate destination to convert any files from one type to another, whether it's a written form to PDF, whether it's audio, video to audio, whether it's uh, audio uh, MP, sorry, MP3 to you know, a different file uh, uh, kind of uh, format and so on. It's got this dashboard um, as a reminder where literally you begin by selecting the, the file type and then using little icons and a kind of color coding, you can decide how you're going to transform this file into a, a different format. It does it very rapidly, very solidly. And frankly, it's almost like you don't need to know any, any other way, but just go to tinyy.com and you will always be able to, to convert your file from one format to the next. And that saves so much time. And then the final selection is P-Link, podcast link, or P-Link as one word.com. Now, 
we have spoken a lot to you and I about, of course, increasing the um, you know, listener number or to our podcast. We'll be looking at ways to share advice about growing an audience for your content, no matter what it is. And the challenge with podcasts compared maybe other form of content is that there are such multiplicity of listening apps and destination that it can be sometimes difficult to recommend or to suggest. So in our case, we, we use Captivate.fm, but then we are being distributed across from Apple Podcasts to Google Podcasts to Deezer, to uh, Stitcher, the list goes on and on Spotify and so on. So how do you kind of find an elegant way to market it? Well, what Peeling, Plink, um, can offer you is essentially a landing page where your show is being promoted and below it would be the long list of all the different podcast listening apps and you have a direct link to that uh, to that app. It would open automatically if you have an account on your desktop and your, your laptop, but also for you and I, we learned new decisions. We learned that our show was being broadcasted on platforms that we didn't know existed in our around yeah. the world. And the team at, at Appealing were good enough to create a page for us as a thank you for um, their shout outs. You've got Zoom Willow, you've got TinyWire, and you've got Peelink. Interesting, Pascal. And again, it's hard, isn't it? When you revisit some of these, you think these are all such good ideas. And we always say on the show, we, we owe such a great debt to these people who are creating such incredible technology. I think because... Again, 2022 has been a bit of a mix of virtual and getting back to live, hasn't it, in-person events. So this year I've been to real in-person events in, in conference centers, in hotels, but I've also continued to go to some virtual events as well. And obviously there's that very, very clever way that some companies have managed to create hybrid where there's a bit of both. So that's why I think I'm going to choose the Zoom breakout rooms because it's part of that okay. way of creating that experience for people who are in a virtual environment that tries to replicate the sort of things that happens in a real life event. And you know what's lovely? I'll be able to get in touch with the people working there because their customer service has been amazing and let them know. In fact, I think what we should do is um, make an announcement in January about all the worthy nominees and winners. But let's move on to your top three um, selection for marketing tech and apps. Right. The first one's almost a bit of a fun one. Um, I've started getting back to traveling. I know you've been doing a bit of traveling before. You know, I used to travel all over Europe before the pandemic. And then, of course, the pandemic put a stop to travel. And it started to come back a little bit. And, and sometimes traveling can be a bit of a drag, can't it? And you're rushing from airport to train station, whatever it is. And sometimes you can forget to eat. You can forget to drink. Uh, you get dehydrated. You get stressed. I came across this fabulous app, which is called Get Grab. Um, and <laughs> what it does, I mean, if, if, if imagine you're, you're flying from, I, I mean, I, I'll use an example. I flew from Edinburgh to Belgrade once but I had a stopover in Frankfurt and I, I literally had about 45 minutes from landing at Frankfurt to departing from Frankfurt. And as you would expect, I think that I arrived at the at one gate, which as far as possible from the gate that I had to get to, to get the, the, the connecting flight. But I was also very hungry. And this get grab can actually give you somewhere to eat if you program in, I'm arriving at Frankfurt at gate, say, A35, and I'm departing from gate Z22, it will then tell you 
the route from A to B or A to Z, and then it'll tell you the food outlets along the road. And if that food outlet has a way of um, ordering online, then you can actually order it there. So I just thought that's such a fab, almost like fun app, but also for busy people who are traveling all the time, could be a bit of a lifesaver. Second one is, um, and I, I, I chose this because I still think this is a great idea. It's the PowerPoint Cameo add-on which it basically allows you to put a live video feed of yourself, just like we are now, into a PowerPoint presentation. And then you could either use that PowerPoint presentation to create a video using the slides, or you could, if you're broadcasting it out over Zoom or to a virtual conference, it just puts your live feed in from your camera. This is obviously nicked. Or it's a it's a it's a Microsoft's version of the Keynote version that uh, Apple have produced. Now I don't have Keynote on my um, desktop. I use uh, Microsoft on my desktop. So I was waiting for the PowerPoint Cameo to come along because I desperately wanted to use this. It's very very good, but it's not perhaps not as good as Apple's. But they do keep upgrading it, Pascal. So since this was originally talked about on the show. A few episodes back, there have been updates. So PowerPoint Cameo gets into the top three because I love the idea and it's been improved all the time. The final one, and you won't be surprised at this, I'm choosing the Insta360 AI-powered 4K webcam, the one that I'm using here now. This is an astonishing piece of tech. Um, it sits on top of your um, desktop or on top of a tripod or whatever, and it's got a three-axis gimbal. And so that means that if you bang the desk or whatever and and your whole monitor shakes, it compensates for that. But it will also track your face if you want to, if you want to walk around, if you're doing a presentation. And, of course, if the technology will support it, it can record video up to 4K resolution, which is about as good as it gets. So the Insta360 webcam finally replaced my Logitech Logitech 3C920, which I've had for about the last decade. Sorry about that, Logitech, but the Insta360 just absolutely trumps it. But it's taken a decade to get there. So, Pascal, which of those three would you say um, is the winner? Yeah, Joe, what's interesting, your top three are such a reflection of of you and and your passions and your interests. I've got to begin by thanking you for also keeping track of the hardware development as part of um, the show. My bias has been towards software online solutions and and more so, you know, you brought to the show microphones and and cameras and and all sorts of things. So that's that's been great. Uh, I'm with you, you know. Despite um, the naysayers, I'm a huge fan of PowerPoint. I like to think I use it well and I use it to stimulate both imagination and and engagement during during my session. And of course, your passion for, for traveling and I know that many viewers and listeners will, in addition to this uh, show, will enjoy your um, you know Rog vlogs as well. I'm I'm going to have to go with the Insta360, and I'll tell you why. Not only because it's an amazing piece of kit, but I think because it's going to disrupt the industry. And I think for all of us, we can then look forward to a wider range of options for all budgets as well and for all types of needs. 
but I think that's what we we needed for a very long time. And you're right, there was there was kind of you know the big players have been settled into into the industry, and we can derive a marketing lesson from that, which is also the heart of two gigs and marketing podcasts. And I think the Insta three hundred and sixty is is the rock in the pond that we've been waiting for for all of us as kind of um, you know, semi pro pro users. Yeah, it, it, it's an incredible, incredible piece of kit, and uh, it, it probably the the piece of kit that's excited me the most this year. So I'm so glad that you agree with me. <laughs> Pascal, I think we should probably head back in time. What do you think? Set Absolutely. the controls. I always say this, we set the controls of the TARDIS, we fire up the flux capacitor, and we go back to this week in history. Okay, Pascal, you go ahead and hit me with your three top items from the world of history. All right, we start with 1949. Fred Hoyle institutionally coins the term Big Bang in a scripted radio broadcast on the BBC Third programme. His critics found the term Big Bang a bit meh, but Hoyle explained that his intention was to make a vivid description for the radio audience. Then we move on to 1975, the film Jaws, based on the book by Peter Benchley, directed by Steven Spielberg, of course, and starring Roy Scheider, Richard Dreyfus, and Robert Shaw, opens in North America across... 464 screens. And in 1990, the Internet Movie Database, also known as IMDb, is launched by Boomi Fanatic and computer programmer Cole Nidham from Bristol, who posted his movie listing software to the Usernet film discussion group rec.art.movie. And the rest is literally movie history. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pascal, I will have to, ch- to pick Jaws. <laughs> as the top one. I mean, let's face it, and I know it's one of your favourite films, if not your favourite film of all time, but it was a, it was just a, a, a moment in history when filmmaking just changed forever, didn't it? It introduced the summer blockbuster. Uh, it was a damn good story. The storytelling of the film was remarkable. Um, you know, there's never a dull moment. The story moves along at a fast pace. It was also a masterclass in how to create tension. I mean, we know that ultimately the shark that they had, the rubber shark, didn't look particularly realistic. So you very rarely, you don't actually see much of it. Yeah, and Bruce yeah, it was wasn't terri- working. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. And the music was iconic and everybody could remember it. Some of those scenes, you know, the, the dolly zoom that I always uh, uh, remember yes. when uh, it goes firing into Roy Scheider's face. There's just so much about Jaws. And being a big storyteller fan, storytelling fan myself, I think, I think just... Everything that Jaws did for the the movie industry combined with the the great storytelling just makes it the the top one for me, definitely. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, it is is also a lesson in entrepreneurship. It is also a lesson in vision, in in team leadership. It is a lesson in marketing. And I reviewed it on my birthday last year, actually, as um, a special birthday present to me. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, the others, you know, were the contenders because when Fred Hoyle was committed to creating a vivid description for a radio audience and wasn't concerned about being liked by his peers and was happy to use the term Big Bang because he knew that would work and move away from essentially the technical jargon. And of course, the story of humble beginnings for IMDb, I just think it's just so, uh, it's a bit like Wordle, isn't it? It's just that thing where you do something because of a passion 
and then the world just just takes it over. So um, that's great. What about your top three historical facts then of, of 2022? Okay, in 1862, that's a hell of a long time ago, isn't it? A young Thomas Edison, aged 15, becomes the first publisher of a newspaper produced and sold on a moving train. His weekly Grand Trunk Herald was a single news sheet with adverts from his father's store and local news he received via telegraphy. And in 1984, Apple Computer broadcast their now famous 1984 commercial introducing the Macintosh during the third quarter of the Super Bowl. And in 2004, the final episode of the television sitcom series Friends aired as it was watched by more than 52 million viewers. The series had run for 10 seasons, that's 236 episodes, between September 1994 and May 2004. So what do you think, Pascal? What's the top history story for me? Oh, my word, this is hard. I mean, <laughs> you've, you've done a good job here because the, the, the first one is just mind-blowing, and I think Thomas Edison's contribution to the world in general, but also at such a young age to be so uh, commercially minded. And I think what it likes about your choice is that combination as you can be uh, creative, commercially minded, a good inventor, and all those things are compatible, uh, not mutually exclusive. What, what can I say about the 1984 uh, Apple advert? It, it's still being quoted, it's still being shown at events and so on. And then Friends, I mean, still to this day being broadcasted around the world on specialist channels. Um, in fact, you know, people will know that the way which we title our episode is inspired by the titling of the Friends episode, The One About. Yes. Um, uh, actually, we are watching Friends as we speak now because it's showing on, on French TV. You can choose the English language. So we're going through, we're on to season nine, I think, of it. Um, I tell you what, actually, because of the fact that we, you know, were inspired um, in terms of the naming and labeling and structure of the show by the series Friends, I'm going to go for Friends. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great choice. And again, a great series, great storytelling. I do, I do like the Thomas Edison story, though. Mm -hmm. Do you know, it reminds me, when I was younger, uh, I used to go to the newsagent and buy these little memo books, and I used to take the cover off, and there was, a, there was about 20 or 30 pages inside this memo book. And I used to write little science fiction novels. So I used to draw the cover. And, and then I used to write the story in the interior. And young, youngsters, we were so creative doing things like that. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I turned into a sci-fi geek and a, and a marketing nerd. But that, 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 those sort of memories, those entrepreneurial things that you do when you're younger, and Edison was just a perfect example of that. Yeah. Talking about people who are creative and you know put together amazing content, we have another section of the show which is always a favourite. That's where we give shout-outs to creators. So I think that's the part of the show that we should move on to next. Now, Pascal, I think we probably thought originally that what we would do here is same as we've done before and, and think of three people that we shouted out during the year and then we would each pick the top one but actually that didn't really feel right did it not at all uh, because as when i was going through so we began you know this year with um episode 61 and you know ended it with episode 91 which is actually quite quite interesting and as we as we're going through the names of all those people so the creator shout out is, is twofold 
it's obviously recognizing the, the, the hard work and determination of individuals and brands, but also we choose something that could be a source of inspiration for our audience. This is how you could do a podcast. This is how you could do an ebook. This is how you could run a YouTube channel, that kind of things. And I realized that I, I can't simply choose three. I, maybe I'd have 10, 20, and eventually I ended up with all of them. <laughs> I know. So I think we've just got to say that everybody's a winner. Everybody that we shouted out over the course of the year um, is a winner because anybody who puts the time and effort into creating content that other people can consume, that can be inspired by, ultimately that maybe makes people buy some service or product. But there's a there's there's that creative buzz that all content creators share, and it's just been an honour to be able to name a lot of these people over the course of 2022. Absolutely. And, and, and I th- what I'm very pleased as well is both in terms of, you know, giving people from our kind of um, inner circle, if you will, a shout out, but we've been able to look, look elsewhere. But often little known brands or individuals, we've always been very fair. You know, there was no need to mention the, the good work of Microsoft or Facebook. And I think that's, that's a given. So I think p- people have responded well. You know, we, we've had some thank yous for our shout outs and made some new friends in a process. If I might include maybe two individuals as an honorable mention, um, Perhaps our video editor, Tim Alton, who's making us look and sound better than we usually are at the end of, of a recording. So Tim Alton from Triggerfish Media Production. If you want to have someone to look after your video and audio production, let us know and we'll give you his details. And I might actually give also a shout out to the team at Captivate.fm who are obviously uh, our hosting platform, Mark Asquith and his team, because what they do to not only make your life easier as the lead on the audio production and, and publication, but also how they are supporting the independent content creators. I think these are two worthy honorable mentions. I absolutely agree with that, yeah. And, of course, Tim also gets to see all the times we screw up. Um, but he does such a good job of editing out those screw-ups. And, and that does give us some interesting blooper reels to put together later on. But fortunately today, even though we're doing this live, we haven't slipped up too much just yet. So we've only got one section of the show to go through, and that is going to be probably the most exciting. Are you ready for this, Pascal? Are you ready for film marketing? <laughs> now, this is going to be hard, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> very, this very is hard. going to be hard. <laughs> I mean, let, let's face it. This part of the show does tend to be the longest segment uh, because we usually talk about the film itself. We give the film a little bit of a review and then we deep dive down into the marketing campaign for that film. And sometimes that discussion can take up to 25 to 30 minutes, maybe more if the film's got a lot to talk going for it. So Pascal, how did you get on choosing your top three? Oh, come on. It, it was so hard. I mean, <laughs> I thought it was hard when you did the content spotlight or in the news. But let, let me explain to you and the audience why it was so hard, because I'm going to take you through this year in terms of film marketing campaigns that we've reviewed. We began with No Time to Die. Uh, that was our return to the, to, the, um, to the movie, in fact, because it was delayed so many times. We then talk about Dog Soldiers, Scream 5, Minority Report, Pixels, Dread, Uncharted, Batman 1989, Rings of Power Part 1. We looked at the series. We did Alien, Death on the Nile, Top Gun Maverick, Passenger. 
messengers, now you see me. Last night in Soho, the fifth element, the Empire Strikes Back, Prometheus. We did also the Shallows Prey, Rings of Power Part 2, completing our review in time. The Mummy 1999, Red Sparrow, Halloween Ends, Knives Out, and eventually Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. My goodness, yeah, when yeah, you yeah, actually say them, <laughs> I'm asking you to give me a top three out of all those incredible films. <laughs> uh, okay, so with much anguish and pain and suffering, my top three for 2022 in terms of the film marketing campaigns that we have reviewed. And again, this may be a surprise to people, but they are an incredible source of inspiration, particularly with regard to their social media activities. But I'm going to go for Rings of Power, part one and two. Uh, my memory is we had a blast looking at their teaser campaign and then, you know, the second part. I want to also add The Shallow as mm. part of my top three because, again, what they did was incredible and Passengers because we discovered actually some hidden messages even in the poster design. Yeah. Now I've got to choose the top one out of your top three. Um <laughs> It, it's it's I love the shallows that that was that was a, such a sort of different sort of film and, and again there was echoes of Jaws in that wasn't there mm. um, it has to be Rings of Power Part One and Two oh. um, I mean the the marketing campaign was long it was detailed and as you say it there was teaser campaigns there was the main campaign all the different character spots and everything it, it was remarkable it was visual and I, I, I hate to say this Pascal but to a certain extent parts of the marketing campaign maybe were a little bit more impressive than the series we ended up with uh, I thought the series itself was magnificent in its visuals and couldn't fault the design and the special effects but I think some of the acting was a bit dodgy and I did find it a little bit slow to get started mm -hmm. uh, overall superb um, and undoubtedly looking forward to the second series but I did get Having having immersed myself so much in the marketing campaign itself, I did feel a little bit let down by the, the ultimate series that we got. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think Quite we agree with that. Controversial statement. <laughs> I don't think so because I think the the intensity that we that that, that was kind of hinted out during the marketing campaign and people we, we have it on the podcast. We we have it published very very soon on the separate website. The announcement would be made in January. But this idea of the way they invited into the world and. I have used elements of Rings of Power into my keynote now about how to make your social media campaign like a Hollywood blockbuster because the way they did square videos, portal videos, the way they did character development where you got first an image of the hand, then the full image, then you had a three-second video, then you had a... It was, I could go on forever and repeat everything we've done. <laughs> so, and then you're into season one, which it, I felt a little restrained. Mm -hmm. And I think they are almost keeping that intensity, the pace for season two, which is a central act. So I know that uh, officially we're going to have five seasons, but I can see a bit like season one, what the, the setup, and then season two is going to be the ultimate clash. And then season three, four, five would be, you know, the, the denouement. So I agree with you, the intensity wasn't there. So I suffered for our art in selecting my top three. <laughs> you turned to suffer then. So what have you got for us? Uh, again, Pascal, you know, you look at that list that you've just uh, read out and it is very, very hard. I, again, I, I, I tend to get 
what attracts me a lot about um, marketing campaigns for films is often just the visuals. And to me, one of the most striking visuals after <laughs> Rings of Power, which you've chosen, is Death on the Nile. Um, uh, yeah. Obviously, an Agatha Christie um, murder mystery set in a very um, uh, luxurious ship on the uh, steamership on the Nile, beautiful scenery, the the, the golden sort of um, imagery and the, the lighting and the individual character posters, the individual character uh, adverts to me really popped and they just, you know, they just, they just exploded in your face and they, you knew what you were going to get in that film. It looked absolutely gorgeous and the film itself is great as well. <clears throat> then I went back to 1989 to Sea of Love, which is a, probably a film that a lot of people haven't seen. It's an Al Pacino film, a cop murder mystery back in 1989. Great film, incredible chemistry between um, Ellen Barkin and um, uh, what's his, his, his name's just gone out of my Al Pacino. Fabulous, fabulous chemistry between those two. And I think what we discovered about that marketing campaign, even though it's such a long time ago, at the time, Al Pacino had almost done a disappearing act. Uh, he hadn't been a, in a film for a number of years, and they teased his return to this film and made that almost like the, the main uh, reason for going to see it. But they also obviously teased the, the, the murder mystery as well, and I just loved that sort of focus on the character that Al Pacino was playing, but also on his, at the time, superstardom. And the final one, again, a film perhaps not a blockbuster film, but in time. Mm. Um, again, a little bit like themes from Logan's Run from 1976, but uh, Justin Timberlake's in this film. Um, and it, 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 I just loved the visual elements of the marketing campaign because it was all about a ticking clock counting down and of course the ticking clock was on these people's wrists and when the clock got to zero effectively that was the end of their lives and the way that they wove that time iconography into the marketing campaign was just really striking and it really does hit you this is the, the enormity of of what that clock means and the theming was just incredible so those are my top three death on the nile sea of love and in time wow okay so mm. <laughs> so within time what was really really enjoyable again because we use film marketing i agree with it as an excuse to talk about films but also we look at marketing efforts as a learning point lessons we can derive and what with what we looked at within time was how trailers, some of them were working, some of them were not. And we looked at the storytelling, we looked at the, the cutting, the editing, the pace. Um, it was really an in-depth review. That was really, really quite something. Sea of Love, we were able to go retro film marketing. We were looking at <laughs> lobby car, we were looking at posters, we were looking at different territories. And sometimes some of the post design were off, you know, it was actually almost damaging the, the appeal of, of the movie and so on and so forth. Looked at PR and Death of the Nile had that kind of really mixed marketing campaign, both online and, and digital. And I can visualize in my head exquisite some of the character posters were, you know, were commenting, they were almost like uh, book covers from back in the days of using pulp, you know, cheap papers and, and, and that kind of things. Um, I'm going to have to go with in time 
because of that real journey of discovery with you on how to put together a trailer and how to mm -hmm. lean mm -hmm. on the story hooks, the calligraphy, the photography, and so on. So it was an imperfect marketing campaign, but with, with that, there was so much that we could learn from that I'm going to go with in time. And I love the movie. I love all of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very, very, very good choice there. Well, Pascal, wow. That was an incredibly interesting recap mm. of some of the best moments of 2022. I have to say, it was very difficult to pick the top three in every case, film marketing being the hardest, I think. But that's not surprising given how much we enjoy our films and how much mm. we get passionate about marketing campaigns. But it was good to go back and, and to look over that. Now, if you're watching this or listening to this either live or as a replay later, if you disagree with our choices, <laughs> let us know. Put a comment, get in touch with us on Twitter, send us an email, uh, and, and let us know what your top was for 2022 a piece of content a film a shout out for a particular creator or or just something a news item that, that caught your attention what, what's your one overriding memory of uh, 2022 pascal from a, the point of view of our two geeks in the marketing podcast show so if I take it back, I was very, very surprised, and maybe I shouldn't have been, that particularly the in the news section was like a true barometer of the mood of the, the world in general, society, the UK market, the economy, and the consumer behavior. Um, that, that to me has been clearer than you know, in previous years because you know we were reporting on always making the headlines or sometimes you know, things that people had missed. But the, the running thread was around you know, we were literally matching our report back to all of you as listeners to what was happening and, you know, the way marketers had to adapt to all those different market forces. And then the, the, the second thing has been that there's still that element of, are we pushing our luck with film marketing with this podcast? And every time I think that we may be, the, the marketing campaign we review is such a source of knowledge and inspiration that uh, I'm fine till the next time we do film marketing. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, for me, it's it's a perfect mix of elements. I'll, you know, the content spotlights. There's always something that we can really get stuck into uh, the film marketing. Ultimately, yes, it, it's such a special part of it. But you know, each week we do, we all often surprise each other by coming up with similar themes. Uh, you'll, you'll come up with a piece of um, tech which I've never heard of. Similarly, I'll come up with a piece of tech that you've not heard of. We always discover things together, and hopefully people watching and listening also discover those things with us. So it's been an absolute pleasure mm. carrying on with the podcast over 2022. We're not going away. We might be taking a few weeks off over the festive period, but we will be back in 2023 with more news, tech, content, and wisdom from the world of marketing. So, Pascal, any final words before we end this live episode and head off into festive um, stupor? Well, you know, I know that we're going to take a break, but we're going to use that break to plan, obviously, our 2023 programming. So if you have questions, challenges, uh, elements you want us to discover for you, study, reflect on, any advice you need about being a better marketer in today's economy, please get in touch. 
Fantastic. So thank you so much for watching this live episode. If you're watching the replay or listening to the replay, thank you again. Until 2023, go out there and make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards and he was Pascal Fintoni. Thank <laughs> you.